0: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. A few days ago on Ash Wednesday, we marked the beginning of the Lenten season. With the ongoing pandemic, some of you have told me how you felt like you have lived the whole past year in a season of perpetual Lent. And you wonder when you can get back to the lives that you miss, a lives with friends and family. And although I may not know exactly how everything will pan out, I do know that no matter what season of life we're going through, we can always return in scriptures to the season of Lent. And for those of you who are paying close attention, you know that this first Sunday of Lent features a gospel reading that focuses on the temptation of Jesus. This year, we hear from the gospel of Mark. Mark, who tells the story of Jesus quickly and more briefly than the other gospel writers. Immediately is one of Mark's favorite words. In our gospel reading this morning, Mark describes how the Spirit immediately drove Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. The retelling of Jesus' temptations are so brief from Mark's account, that we don't even know the ways in which Jesus was tempted. The temptations are left vague and nebulous. We as readers could easily juxtapose Jesus wrestling with our own annoying temptations. In these two temptation verses, Mark doesn't even tell us if Jesus fasted or prayed during the 40 days that he was in the wilderness. If we only had Mark's gospel, we'd be clueless about the nature of Jesus' temptation. Jesus isn't described as meditating on his life or reflecting upon his future. He isn't described as psychoanalyzing the meaning of his own incredible baptism, where the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. Surprisingly, Mark mentions no such reflection. Jesus doesn't even seem perturbed that the Spirit propelled him, a grown man, into the desert place with wild animals. Mark doesn't speculate at all on what Jesus is thinking. Mark is more focused on that Jesus is in the wilderness than on Jesus' temptations. The focus on what we deem the temptation narrative Is actually more about Jesus being in the wilderness than about Jesus battling his own temptations. Jesus is taken into the wilderness, not temptation. The wilderness is more important to Mark than the temptation? How can that be? What competent narrator doesn't focus on the intrigue and seduction of a story? Clearly, Mark was not writing for Hollywood. Twice Mark tells us that Jesus is in the wilderness. Now this is kind of odd. I mean Jesus is already in the wilderness. He was just baptized. It's not like John the Baptist was baptizing people in a stream outside the walls of Jerusalem. (laughs) No. no. Jesus is baptized in the wilderness on the banks of the Jordan River an isolated place in which our children's godly play curriculum describes as a as a dangerous place. No one goes to the wilderness unless they have to. Yet Jesus was immediately driven by the Spirit into the wilderness before his waterlogged clothing could even begin to dry. Despite Mark's brevity, there is one wilderness detail unique in Mark's account of the temptation. Only in Mark does, is Jesus described as being in the wilderness with wild beasts. Wild beasts were there with Jesus in the wilderness. Angels too, but the other Gospels mention the angels, but only Mark mentions the wild beasts. Are these beasts hostile, bloodthirsty predators posed to viciously attack? Or are these beasts, in the presence of Jesus, tame and docile companions? Mark, always mindful of brevity, doesn't tell us. But the mere fact that he mentions them is significant the animal's inclusion into the narrative harkens back to a time when all of God's creatures lived in harmony, when wild beasts, humans, and angels lived in paradise together. The idea of living peaceably with animals is found in the creation narrative. That Jesus peacefully coexists with the wild beasts declares the beginning of a new age, a hearkening of a new era. A time of good news. The kingdom of God has come. The restoration of creation is at hand. In fact, following Jesus' wilderness experience, immediately, Jesus launches his ministry proclaiming the kingdom of God, that the kingdom has come near. It's hard to imagine a more visually compelling scene than to show the wild beasts of the wilderness and humankind living together in harmony. It is this peaceful restoration of the natural kingdom from which Jesus' ministry begins. In this season of Lent, as we struggle with our own temptations, the Gospel of Mark calls us to look towards God's restoration. How do we partner with God in restoring God's harmony throughout creation? What needs to change in your life to come into harmony with those around you and with the created world? What needs to change in your life for the restoration of relationships and peaceful coexistence to occur. The season of Lent might be known for temptation, but Mark reminds us that Jesus's reconciling ministry stretches into every aspect of creation, including our own lives. The quest for reconciliation and peaceful coexistence has begun. Amen.